At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We have a great guest today. Jennifer Fitzpatrick is the author of two books, and her recent book is Reimagining customer service and healthcare. Even if you're not in healthcare, you're going to stay tuned for this episode because we're going to talk about, I mean, healthcare patients, the same as customers, clients, guests, members, it doesn't matter. We're going to cover some great insights uh, thanks to Jennifer. Now, before we get started, a couple of quick announcements. I want to mention our sponsor, which is Text Expander. They are a wonderful productivity tool. My assistant in the office, Cindy, just said she saved two hours last week by not having to completely rewrite some of the same things she writes again and again and again. Text Expander will help you do that. More about them at the break. And if you've got an amazing story that you would like to share or a question that you would like me to answer, you can send those to me on any of the social media channels. I'm pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm even on TikTok. Remember, if it's a question to use the hashtag AskShep, I'll answer the questions you send in either uh, in that social channel, on this show, in my newsletter, or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. That's Be Amazing or Go Home. And if you want to see some Shep episodes, oh, wait, no, it's episodes. <laughs> you can go to Amazon uh, Prime. You can go on Apple TV, Roku, or just go to beamazing.tv. And the most recent episode is up there. We just uh, filmed it about two weeks ago. And I'm excited. I know you're going to love the show. All right. It's time to jump back into this show and get into our interview with Jennifer Fitzpatrick. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shep. Well, I'm excited that you're here because we are going to talk about healthcare. Now, not healthcare getting better, but actually creating a better experience for the patients, their families, and maybe even the internal customers. Because I know a lot of healthcare organizations view doctors as actual customers because a lot of them are brought in and they have you know multiple healthcare systems they're a part of. So, but here's the important part for everybody listening. Don't stop listening if you're not in healthcare because everything that Jennifer is going to talk about today will probably apply to your business, whether you sell scuba diving equipment or heavy machinery B2B. So very true. So Jennifer, let's go ahead and, and just, I know you've written this, uh, you've got a new book out. Yes. And it is titled Reimagining or reimagining, I've been thinking Disney, reimagining <laughs> customer service and healthcare. Tell us a little bit about this book. I wanted to write a book that addressed the fact that we all go to healthcare for a big problem, whether we have some physical, mental, cognitive issue. And we are assessing that experience when we go. Like you talk about this a lot, Shep. We're not assessing it based on the other doctors we've gone to or the other hospitals we've utilized. We're 
we're really measuring it against any other going to a restaurant, going to a scuba diver lesson, what have you. And it, a lot of organizations and practitioners in healthcare, mental health are falling short. They, they know clinically what to do to get us better, to fix the broken bone, to get our depression incrementally better. But do they know how to treat us so we feel like a human being? Uh, so spot on. And and your your other point that you made, we're being compared to other businesses. My opening lines early in my speech are, we're not compared to a direct competitor. We're compared to the best service that customer, patient, guest, whatever you want to call them, has ever received from anyone. And chances are, it's a retail type of business. Like, you know, when I ask who are your favorite companies to do business with, Apple, Amazon, you know, and I could throw an Anheuser-Busch because people love beer. I just stay with the A's. But but seriously, American Express, you know, great service. Uh, all of these different companies are who we're compared to. So whoever had a great experience, if they called the American Express, uh, you know, helpline and they had this great experience because they don't treat like a customer, they treat like a member, totally different type of experience. And then we're dealing and I'm calling a hospital and I'm going, hey, I need to ask a question. I'm put on hold. I'm transferred. I'm not getting my answer. It's frustrating. Why can't they do it as well as whoever the other company is? And I think for some organizations, they don't look at it as a priority. It's like, OK, your heart is working now, so you're welcome. It's not <laughs> making that person feel comfortable. And Sheb, not only is it just good service, you're healthcare outcomes are actually influenced by how we feel about our provider and the way we're treated at the organization. So if you're somebody that's a a healthcare organization, you're like, ah, we're just going to worry about the clinical outcomes. That's very short-sighted because good customer service, good patient experience, it impacts clinical outcomes. It makes your clinical outcomes better. Yeah. And I think it helps with compliance. If you're supposed to do you know, physical therapy or take, you know, a regime of, of medications because you like who you're working with. Uh, we do studies every year and we know that uh, 80 some odd percent of customers trust whoever is their provider more if there's a great service experience. But let's just, there's one, like what they call it, the big elephant in the room or something like that. Uh, this is what I want to say. If I need to be operated on heart, my heart, do I go to the doctor who has the nicest demeanor or do I want the one who has no demeanor but is considered the top surgeon in the world so it depends on you as the person so if you some people and it's it's actually a very small number of people they feel like I don't care if my doctor's nice to me I don't care if the nurse is rude or impolite there is a small percentage of people but most of us we need that blend we need the person to have good outcomes but also a, even just a little bit, They listen, they don't have to be your best friend. They don't have to be smiling while they're performing the surgery. But what we do need is for them to put you at ease. Because again, when you're comfortable, when you go into that heart surgery, if you feel good, if you feel like the doctor cares about you, your outcomes are going to be better. And so, so it, it's less important to few people, but we do want to make sure that even if the, the doctor doesn't have the best bedside manner, what about the staff? Are the staff polite? Are they reassuring right. you? Are they making you feel comfortable? Are they making sure you have what you need to have a comfortable experience at the hospital that day? Yeah. And, and are they responsive, which is really important because I'll take somebody, if I'm in need, 
I'll take somebody that's responsive over somebody that's nicer to me for the moment. And as soon as I get what I need, I'm going to crave that I'm being treated with respect and dignity and in the right way. Um, yeah, gosh, I, I had a vision. I don't know if you saw me smiling a moment ago when you were, when you were saying what you were saying, the, uh, I worked with a medical system, a healthcare system, and they had a nursing shortage. There was just a general nursing shortage in the whole area. And so they couldn't get good nurses. And I said, but I see that people are applying, but you're turning them down, even though you need them. Are you willing to, I mean, are they just not qualified? And they said, oh no, they're all very qualified but their personality doesn't fit with our organization's promise to our patients. And we're not willing to take a risk on them. So what did that hospital do? They shut down two or three floors, you know, on certain, you know, a wing of several floors to, because they couldn't staff it. And they felt that was probably safer than eroding the reputation. So I think that there's a couple of things around that. So for one, some organizations, you know, you have your standards, but are they really the crucial, important standards? So I, with this recruiting problem, and Chef, we've been having it, everything, pharmacists, doctors, social workers, psychologists, everybody. Can you narrow it down to the qualities? So I think what we're seeing right now with the great resignation and with the younger generations, we've got a lot of, so, I mean, and that's perfectly fine. If you want to pull back services, you really need to explain to your consumer base why you're doing it and when you expect to be back up and running. But at the same time, what are the three most important qualities? Never mind, like, yeah, they have to have a license. Yeah, they can't have a certain criminal background. Okay. But what are the three qualities? Because I see a lot of people in healthcare focusing on, oh, does this person have pink hair? Does this person have a tattoo? Does this person have an ear, you know, three earrings in their ear? I'm not saying that that's not a problem for image for some organizations, but guess what? The younger generations are expressing themselves in a lot of different ways that boomers, I'm a Gen Xer, Gen Xers, boomers, and traditionalists, they are a little bit shocked by. So I think if we're going to staff up fully, If we have people that are compassionate, intelligent, kind, reliable, if if we're focusing on that maybe more so than some of the external pieces, I think that eventually that our customers will will be okay with that. Uh, I think if you're, especially if you're in a small community and you you don't have a hospital to go to, I mean, that's, you're creating another problem in some ways. Right. Yeah. I I get that. And you know, to the person that can't get past what somebody looks like, oh boy, you know, there might be certain standards. There might be a uniform you have to wear. Well, I don't really care what the color of hair is. I don't, you know, we had an employee here that was covered with tattoos and she was uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? Well, I know you deal with a different kind of customer than the people I hang around with. I go, you know what? Your resume looked good. Your references checked out. You seem to have a charming personality and you seem to want to take care of people. All right. You got, and you have, of course, the skills. Until you prove me wrong, I don't care what you look like. Now, if we go to a meeting, I might say to you, you might need to dress more conservatively than you do sure. here because it's expected that you would with the type of audience we're in front of. But here, you know how it is. And I think that's okay. Every, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. I, I hate that people would assess the quality of the service, the care, or anything else 
based on the judgment they have of a person's hair color or number of piercings they have. You know, it's it's just there is there probably is a line that we have to draw somewhere. And you've got to just make it clear. You can walk right up to the line. Just don't don't cross it. I like the way you put that. Walk right up to the line. Just don't cross it. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk. Uh, I, I Wow. I'm looking at the time and. <laughs> I think we're we're getting a pretty good idea of of you know is it let's wrap up this segment and we're going to take a short break and come right back and I want to talk because some patients are like some customers They're, you just can't make them happy now uh, because uh, a customer may, may be an angry person and just have a nasty life behind them or a patient may be in great pain so I want to talk about that but I think what we've just covered is the idea that it doesn't really matter if it's healthcare or, you know, underwater basket weaving manufacturers. How do you like that? We got scuba divers and underwater basket weavers. Where's my head today? It's it's in, it's in not in the sand, it's in the ocean. So, but I, I mean, it doesn't matter what business we're in. Everything we're talking about applies. So everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Jennifer Fitzpatrick, the author of Reimagining Customer Service and Healthcare. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about dealing with difficult customers. Right now, we're going to hear from our sponsor. Don't go away. Let's talk about Text Expander, a tool that allows your team to eliminate repetitive typing with just a few keystrokes. Anything you type over and over, such as customer responses, will be at your team's fingertips so they have the power to do what they do best, just faster. Quickly reply to emails and chats from a library of responses that you create, completing answers to common questions and issues. Your entire team stays on the same page with the same common responses that can be personalized on the fly. And it's simple to use. Type commonly used content into a text expander snippet and give it an abbreviation of just a few letters and symbols. Share the snippet with the team. When you type the abbreviation, it triggers the snippet and the content expands anywhere you type, including email, chat, or social media. It's that easy. Just go to www.textexpander.com to learn more about this amazing and productive tool. Sign up for a year and get 20% off. To Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jennifer Fitzpatrick. Well, Jennifer, there are some customers that are just difficult. And in the healthcare world, part of the reasons they might be difficult is they're in excruciating pain. Their mm -hmm. tolerance level is probably lower than most. Their appreciation would hopefully be higher when we take care of them. But let's talk about difficult customers and how you manage the experience. Well, let's first start out, Shep, by talking about that nobody wants to engage with the healthcare system. Nobody's like, yes, I get yeah. to You know what? I think today I'm going to go to the hospital just to see what they can do to me. Yeah, let's just go to the, <laughs> or I want to place my mother with dementia in a senior living community. Let's, that'll be fun. Nobody wants to engage. And, you know, so many of your customers, Shep, like, yeah, I want the Starbucks. I want... I want to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Like all those are experiences we crave, we want, they're going to be fun. So we have to start out, all of us in healthcare always have to remember, nobody wants to engage with us. So we are starting on a scale of zero to 10, zero being no stress, 10 being excruciating stress. Most people are at a seven or higher. And so when you, what you talked about, they're in physical pain or even mental health pain, that they come in and they they're going to be even more difficult to please. So any kind of way that we can just respond, not making them repeat information, 
Uh, I have a, an aunt that just went through chemotherapy and, and cancer treatment and just constantly getting asked the same questions over and over again. I mean, one that's one thing that we could do a little bit better that an office, like you said, like, would you prefer the perfect surgeon with no bedside manner or the average surgeon with a perfect bedside manner? It doesn't have to be about smiling and being happy all the time. It's about just don't ask the same questions over and over yeah, again. There's a process. And sometimes the process is broken a little bit. By the way, uh, just for our listeners, uh, as you're listening to Jennifer, her audio is kind of going up and down a little bit. We can hear everything you're saying, Jennifer, but just want to kind of keep that in mind. I don't know if, uh, I don't think you're getting away from the microphone. You're right there. Nothing to worry about. We can hear you just fine. Just uh, wanted to throw that out. All right. So back to your point though. Um, yeah, uh, there's a process. And to ask the person the same questions and filling out the same forms again and again is ridiculous. I've often said, uh, you know, when we're asked to fill out these forms prior to the visit so that we can focus on the visit not the forms. And, but sometimes I'm so disappointed when I get there and there's more forms to fill out. It's like, don't you have enough information about me? What am I doing now? Now there's certain things we'd want to know since you filled out the form a week ago is something changed. Sure. You know, we need to know about that in the healthcare world. But, uh, I went and did, uh, I did something crazy. I did bungee jumping over in New Zealand. It was one of the coolest things I ever did. And when I, I walked into the place and paid for it. And they said, now we need to weigh you because we need to know exactly how much you weigh so that when you jump off, we've got the right cord so you, you know, don't <laughs> smash into the ground, right? Uh, actually into the water. And so I, I, I weighed myself and they wrote it on my left hand, big letters. And I got to the actual bridge. We're going to jump and there's a little, you know, staging area. And he, would you step on the scale again? And they weighed me. And on my other hand, they wrote down, the weight, which was by the same weight, right? Both right hand and left hand on the back of my palms, you know, on the back side of my hand. When I got ready to jump and they started to put the ropes around me, before I did that, they asked me to get on the scale again. Now, I know why they were doing that. And I was happy to do a fourth and a fifth weighing if they would be interested. <laughs> but if you're asking me to put my name and address on multiple pieces of paper for the same thing, there's no reason to do that. You make such a good point because, yeah, we want to be darn sure that we have enough rope for you, Chef. We don't want there to be any misconception there. But you're exactly right. So so there are some things we have to clarify over and over again. Like, for example, what medications you're taking? Just want to confirm these medications. Just want to confirm nothing's changed. But a lot of times we are asking for the same information because the provider's not taking a few moments just to review right. and and to ask good questions. Um, an example I talk about in the book, like when, you know, I, you get a bronchitis cough every couple of years or a pneumonia, or, you know, if you get any kind of cough, I remember one time I had one of those uh, and I go and they're like, well, how much pain are you in? And I said, well, thankfully I'm not in pain. Like they said, zero to 10, what's your pain? And I said, thankfully I'm not in pain. I just have a cough that's lingering and being annoying to me. Like that wasn't a great question. Like what, you know, how long has the cough been there? That might be a little bit of a better question. So I think sometimes it, we're even, the providers are even just reading off of, of prescribed questions that maybe aren't relevant if they just took a look at that initial information that the patient provided. Yeah, and we can train people to do that. And I know we I, haven't really talked much about that, that, you know, difficult customer 
that patient that's in pain. So before we get, I do want to talk about training. So let's, before we segue into training, can you give us a thought on that? That is there a way to handle somebody that's just not fun to work with? And I'm talking about when I say the customer is not being fun and in the healthcare world, they don't want to be there. They're in pain. They're nervous. They're sick. Are they going to die? Are they going to get out? Are they going to get better? Are they ever going to walk again? I mean, there's, there's a million questions that can be asked. And I would think that person would do everything they can to be nice to the people that are trying to take care of them. But that's not always how it plays out, is it? No. And for, if, like you said, because they're in pain, but also there can be personality disorder traits that that person has that even under the best of circumstances that they're not happy. They have borderline and, traits. And by the way, that's traits. across all businesses. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but, but so go on what you're saying, let the person know what to expect. So the more you let that person know what to expect, you're going to decrease their stress level. The more that you apologize, Ooh, that's good. That's the provider's good. running a few minutes late. That's going to decrease their stress level. If you can simply acknowledge them, ask them, what do they want to be called? Uh, any, is there anything that, that I, else that I should know about you to try to make your experience a little bit more comfortable? You might not be able to provide everything. Maybe they're saying, hey, I want 700 thread count sheets in my hospital bed. You might not be able to provide that, but can you get a little bit closer to what they're doing? Because what if we are able to de-escalate them from complaining and being less stressed out, they're going to have a better clinical outcome, but also less complaints, less malpractice claims, less bad reviews on social media. One of the biggest uh, uh, pieces of literature out there right now on patient complaints is people complaining on Yelp about that their surgeon was rude to them. People are actually reviewing their surgeons on Yelp now. I'm telling you, it's happening. Uh, we're very critical of the service and the experience we receive. Okay, you said something earlier in the list of things you were going through just just in this last part of the conversation, and I want to emphasize it. I'll sum it up by saying, don't let your patients have fear of the unknown. Because when you could tell them, why am I waiting? Your provider or whoever it is, the doctor's running late. This is when we expect them. And when I'm going to come back every 10 minutes and tell you if that's changed, I'm going to be relieved by knowing that information. I'll, and so part of what we can do is share and be a little bit more proactive with eliminating the unknown. And that's any business. I just, one of the reasons people love doing business with Amazon is the moment you place the order, you get an email that says your order's placed. And I guess it went through. I just yes. bought, I bought two concert tickets for my wife and I, and I kept saying, why haven't I gotten the email? Why haven't I gotten the email? I, I did it. I get, put my credit card in there. Guess what? We don't own the concert tickets. And the price of the concert, because of the dynamic pricing, it went up dramatically. And my friend who is promoting the concert, he says, why did you buy your tickets? I did. I did once. I'm not going to buy them again. Not at this price, you know, and I, I love it. And I want to go and I'm probably going to break down and buy them anyway, because he's my friend and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> but but uh, the point is, um, you know, that's that's what happens. All right. Let's jump to training. We've only got a couple of minutes left. I want I want a couple of nuggets on how you train the people to do the right thing. Don't assume that they know. Don't assume that Boom. anybody that there works you for you knows because we everybody's when I go through, OK, smiling, saying hello, acknowledging, nodding. Oh, they know they know. Well, are they doing it? And you know how you can tell if they're doing it? You're not getting complaints. You're not getting bad reviews on social media. You're maintaining your patient roster with loyalty. 
you're not getting malpractice claims, that's when you know. If you have those issues that I just talked about, it's likely that the people that you work with don't know. And this is everybody from billing to human resources to housekeeping, not just your doctors, your nurses, your physical therapists. It's everybody that comes in contact with the patient and the patient's family. Yeah, agree, agree. All right. Don't Don't assume. Uh, they probably know, but they haven't been properly trained on how to use what they know for the most effective way. That's, I think, the way we'd wrap it up. All right. One last question. And I know you've listened to the show and I warned you it was coming. Do you have one last final piece of wisdom for us on what we can take back, regardless of whether we're in healthcare or any other type of business? What is that insight that you can share with us? You just gave the example about the concert tickets. And that that's lousy, but the stakes are so much higher in healthcare. So, you know, if you get to the concert, great. You'll be disappointed if you don't make it, if you didn't get your ticket. But in healthcare, it could be that someone dies. It could be that somebody has the wrong arm limb uh, amputated. The stakes are much Mm -hmm. higher. It's life and death. And that is where why patient experience is so much more crucial than I believe in any other field. So if we can take the time to read a book or two, on the patient experience and say, okay, this could be extreme and we could dial it back for our general retail business or perhaps, you know, the inside salesperson dealing with, you know, whatever the manufacturing company is. I believe that we can take away a lot and apply it to what we do. Great insights, Jennifer. Thank you for being on our show. Thanks, Chef. And this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks everybody for tuning in. That wraps it up. And we will have another interview next week. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>